baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. Well, I've got Michael Kelly in with me today. I'm Chris Ranji. Amy is on her ski trip at Hidden Valley. So <laughs> she'll be back later in the week. We've had a, a good day today, I would say. Michael, wouldn't you? Yeah, buddy. We started it off talking about what happened at the uh, Iowa caucuses. We did. The Iowa caucuses have happened. Uh, former President Trump won easily with 51% of the vote. Uh, Ron DeSantis came in second in front of Nikki Haley. They were only separated by about a couple of percentage points. So pretty close. And as you mentioned earlier, the fact that she did as well as she did, even though she came in third, um, despite the fact she did not spend nearly as much money or time as DeSantis did. DeSantis visited all 99 counties. She did not do that. Yeah, she surrendered uh, Iowa the last month or so and focused exclusively on New Hampshire. So the big question, Will, she had a pretty good showing considering she didn't spend the time and money and resources. How will she do in New Hampshire? Of course, Donald Trump looks like he's winning in the polls with almost 50% of the vote. If she's able to make that gap between herself and President Trump uh, being the single digits, I think that's a huge showing. Uh, but she's definitely sticking around. Ron DeSantis is going to go to uh, New Hampshire as well, Chris. He says his campaign still goes on, uh, but uh, he's not going to be able to spend the time, amount of money, and energy he did in Iowa or everywhere else. I think that campaign's about to run out of money. What did you make of his comments last night during his speech? When he alluded to the fact that, and, and Iowa's different, and you know it's different, but something like 1% of the vote had reported, and they already called the state for Trump. They called it for Trump, even though 99% of ballots were still uncounted or reported. Mathematically, I think we all know, and if you have done anything in that state and know anything about it, you realize that it was... They know pretty early what lead is insurmountable. It was foregone conclusion. It was funny uh, to see some of the pictures of President Trump, who, you know, says, hey, these things are rigged, saying, oh, the networks have declared I'm a winner, so this is over with. He called it election interference. Yeah. Ron DeSantis did. Ron DeSantis did. did. Whatever. Uh, I don't understand why they're all in a rush to say what we knew was going to happen anyway. Uh, But I think Ron DeSantis, 15 minutes is up. I think he's going the way of the previous governor of Florida who ran for President Jeb Bush. Uh, I think they're going to go back with his tail between his legs to, to run one of the more important states in the country. Well, let me ask you this question because, as we have mentioned, he and Haley came in pretty close, at least in this this first round here. We're all wondering what would happen if... We, they did have a different nominee than Trump. And whether or not that person, whether it be Haley or DeSantis, would actually have a better chance of beating Joe Biden. And a lot of people do. And a lot of people also wonder if one of these two were to drop out, would all that support go to the other? Meaning if Haley drops out, would it go to DeSantis or primarily and vice versa? Would that happen? 
I thought it was telling last night. And again, this is just one focus group of 10 people. It was not, it doesn't speak for the entire state of Iowa or the entire country. But they had 10 Republicans who voted last night, or maybe maybe they didn't vote, but they were um, uh, GOP voters. And they all were pretty split in who they wanted to vote for. And the fewest amount of votes went to DeSantis. Haley got the most votes and Trump got the second most of this focus group. But each one of them, when asked the question, if Trump is nominated, despite the fact you have issues with the way he conducts business, if he's the nominee over the person you like, would you vote for him? And they all, without hesitation, said absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely they would. Is that how the Republican Party across the board is viewing him? And I, I mean, not just in Iowa, but around the country. I hope not. I hope not. I hope there's enough rational Republicans, true traditional conservatives who realize that uh, Donald Trump's a charlatan. He's not a true conservative. More importantly, uh, we'll remember the chaos of the four years that he was president and the attempted insurrection. I think there are enough of those voters who will not vote for Donald Trump or not vote that will cause him some serious issues uh, in terms of being able to beat Joe Biden. I don't see a pathway for it, but I have to tell you, I am a little bit scared uh, as uh, you continue to see these types of messages come out where Republicans are like, I would absolutely not vote for Donald Trump, but oh, he's the only choice against Joe Biden. Okay, I'm for him. That's a scary thought process. What are your thoughts on Nikki Haley saying that she will not participate in a debate in New Hampshire, which has been it's been sort of a tradition that it happens and it's kind of expected. But she tweeted that the next debate she participates in will be against either Donald Trump or Joe Biden, but not DeSantis. I don't blame her. I mean, I think what she's trying to do is separate herself as the alternative to Donald Trump. Uh, and the more she can force that discussion to be about her and Donald Trump, uh, the more the free press will move away from Ron DeSantis and uh, 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 apply that attention to her. We had this before, as you'll remember, when um, the governor or the senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, wound up being the alternative to Donald Trump uh, and, you know, wound up sticking into the campaign for a lot longer than he probably would have because all the attention came his direction. I think she's trying to covet that attention, suck all the oxygen out, and push uh, Ron DeSantis back to Florida. It'll be very interesting to see how the general population um, in an election views Trump if he is the nominee, which it looks like he's going to be. I, I think it's different than primary voters. Totally. So we'll, we'll see. This is going to be, at minimum, a fascinating election. We spoke to Matt Pauley about what has happened with the Cardinals and we just had the winter warm-up that took place over the weekend and whether or not fans are looking forward to the season or if they're viewing it with some skepticism. It's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows and everything. I get that there's, there's certainly expectations that have been placed upon the organization, but I think people have looked at it and seen that they've made some nice moves here in the offseason. Uh, would people like them to do a little bit more? Is there a little uneasiness that uh, the roster hasn't been added to? A little bit more? I, I think that's a fair thing, but for the most part, I think there's a lot of excitement about what can happen this upcoming season, uh, largely because of the players that have been brought in, most notably Sonny Gray. And I'm not really sure what to 
expect from the rest of the division either. I do think the Reds are a pretty good young team, but it's about how do they help the young talent they have. They're, you know, Joey Votto no longer playing there. Um, He's done with the Reds. You've got the Cubs, who are also one of those up-and-coming teams. They do have resources, and they will spend. We, We know that. But for this season, and the Milwaukee Brewers, I don't... I shouldn't discount them, but I kind of do because uh, I I don't know. I I feel like I'm doing it to my detriment because they always tend to hang around anyway. Even when we say they're not going to have a good year, they end up having a good year. The division is still winnable, but it's not for me about winning the division. It's about how far you go once you win the division. Well, and uh, anything will be an improvement for what through what we went through last year, and I think the Cardinals have got to perform far better. I'm a little nervous with Chicago throwing all that money around, and now the new manager that they suddenly uh, remind us of that team that went to the World Series a couple of years ago. I don't think they're that good yet. I don't think they're close to that, but I, I think they'll try. So this will be a fascinating division over the next couple of years. This one will be really interesting because I just don't think there's one team far and away better than the others. Oliver Marmol did talk about what happened last season. We had a conversation with him yesterday during winter warm-up. Last year taught us a lot. Um, it wasn't a wasted year, and that, that's important for, for people to understand. Did it suck? Absolutely. It was a terrible... I mean, we all experienced it. It was awful. But it's a wasted year if you if you don't grow from it, you don't learn from it, you don't make adjustments based on what you're seeing. And um, one thing we got to do is learn about people in difficult situations and a difficult year. And when you talk about the young guys and Jordan Walker... This kid's heartbeat is going to allow him to do this for a long time, and he's going to create some amazing memories for this organization. It'll be look. I'm I'm looking forward to the season. Um, I still have my skepticism about the team. They are better, I think. The rotation is better, I think. But it's you know I I don't know what to expect this year. By the way, anything you missed from yesterday's winter warm up, it's all on the Odyssey app. A U D A C Y. Uh, find the Chris and Amy show. You get the podcast and you can listen. You can also go back and listen to anything you've missed on this show, Odyssey app or KMOX.com. I'm hanging out with uh, Michael Kelly today. Hey now. It's the two of us here because Amy Marks Cores is on vacation. Uh, 314-436-7900 is the number that you can use to call us and to text us. You're welcome to do that. You can leave us a voicemail at 314-944-1120. Uh, text message in about the Wilson Contreras bit of sound we played a little bit ago talking about his last season, and he felt like he was uh, doing a little bit too much. And he's this texter says, I thought you were pushing him on a time that we are all past when they took him out of the catcher spot from last year. And um, I, I don't think so. It, it's it's a story. It's still a storyline. And people, when they think of Wilson Contreras and everything that happened last year, they want to know why they essentially took him from that starting spot. A guy who signed for that contract and we're just a couple of months into the season and they, they basically just said, all right, well, you're not the starter for the moment. It was a really odd move. And people want to know why that happened if he if it's something he did and if he learned from it and is moving forward it, because it matters for this year totally it did you get matters. do you feel like you got an uh, an adequate answer from him yeah 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 and i 
I know he's going to say the diplomatic thing, right. even if it was a situation where the Cardinals were wrong for benching him, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, which isn't really accurate because he still is in the lineup, right? Even if they were wrong, I don't think he would say it. Right. Right. So I, but I, that's not the, the, the feeling I got from him talking to him. It sounded to me like he really did reflect on what he was doing as a player and did feel like he was pushing or uh, trying to do too much or maybe doing things wrong because he was trying to prove himself and prove the contract and all that stuff. So I think he was honest. We'll be interesting to see what kind of answer Ali Marmol gives at the uh, event that we've got coming up as it relates to Wilson Contreras. Good thing you said that. I think we do still have a couple of tickets left for this. On Thursday night, so just a couple of days away at Tapawingo Golf uh, Club, there is Ali Marmol. They're calling it uh, Ali Marmol Unplugged. And it is an opportunity for you to have dinner with and drinks with Oliver Marmol for 75 bucks. You get the booze, you get the dinner, and you get a Q&A session. Tom Ackerman is going to be there. And it's these environments I have found are great. If you are a Cardinals fan and you really want to, you know, get down to business and uh, find out anything about the team that you want to know about, he will answer your questions. And we talked to him yesterday and he said, look, in, in those kinds of environments, I have told people that I will answer every single question. I will answer every last question if people want to ask Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So I, it, it's the opportunity you really don't get yeah. with a manager. Go get those so tickets. KMOX.com slash events, and there are a handful left, and that's it. Yeah, the weather's breaking for Thursday. So just for Thursday for this event, the weather's going to break. What, what do you mean by break? Well, it's going to get above freezing. <laughs> <laughs> what, like 35? <laughs> Better than zero. <laughs> it, it's not zero, it's six. Ten degrees out there right now. It's ten? Ten. Oh, I thought it was six. Ten degrees. It's heating. We- when, when there's snow is still snow-packed on the streets and there's no melting, you know it's chilly, chilly, oh, that's chilly. That's a steamer, man. What are you complaining about? <laughs> it's a steamer. Yeah. Spicy. Michael Kelly, Chris Ranji, KMOX. I think I mentioned the website. I said something about the tickets. We talked about the Ollie Marmol thing at Tapawingo on Thursday. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned the actual website. But in order to get the tickets, uh, whatever remaining tickets we have... It's KMOX.com slash events. That's how you um, you get to it. Michael Kelly is with me. Amy Marks Kors is out. I'm Chris Ranji. I have John Hancock in with me tomorrow. Ooh, yeah. sorry to hear that. Uh, John's fine. He's a good dude. I like John. He's just completely misguided on nearly every political thought he has. Well, yeah. You know, he, sent me a, he sent me a recording of him playing piano, and I, I'm impressed. Oh, Dude, he's good. Uh, he's special, you know, and, and and not only is he, he uh, has taken and, and the reason he's so good at the piano is a result of uh, playing ragtime, uh, which is a special kind of sound. 
Uh, but uh, it's not my cup of tea. And he played at Six Flags, right? Yeah, and so it's kind of that old-timey sound, and uh, it's not my cup of tea, but he's so good at it. But John's skill set when it comes to playing the piano is just is incredible. I mean, he can play everything from Billy Joel's Summer Highland Falls to... That's what he sent me. It, that's one of my very favorite songs in the world, and uh, he uh, wound up learning how to play the piano as a result of it. It's a song about depression. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great tune. And he, he sent it to me, and he said, it's not even the good version I have. Yeah. Like, well, why don't you send me the good version? He couldn't find it, I Yeah, guess. no, he's... Man. Uh, he, well, you know, those, those uh, artists like that are a little bit... Uh, shy when it comes to staring sharing their uh, stuff he is he's an artist yeah so uh we lost uh jane gephardt uh, who was the wife of uh congressman dick gephardt here from st louis uh, who you I, worked for i worked for mr gephardt for most of my uh young adult life uh and when mr gephardt ran for president in 2004 i spent a uh, better part of a year traveling the country with jane gephardt and much like um dick gephardt just a sweet well-centered soul um, who truly lived by the golden rule to treat others as the way that you want to be treated. Uh, They had three children. Uh, She would have been an incredible first lady. Um, She was an incredible companion to Dick Gephardt because, uh, Chris, when you're you're one of those leaders in Congress, whether you're the Speaker of the House like Nancy Pelosi or Mike Johnson or you're the Democratic leader uh, like Dick Gephardt was or, you know, uh, any of these other leaders that have been there now. Um, uh, our le- leader is, uh, oh, goodness, what's his name? I forget, out of New York. Anyway, their their whole life is consumed by going out and raising money and living and, and dealing with politics. So a spouse in that world has to be a special breed. Uh, and Jane Gephardt truly was that. I mean, think about that. Dick and Jane were their names. I don't mm-hmm. know if you had... Books when you were a kid that you learned how to write uh, or you learned how to read, which was see Dick run, run Dick run, yeah, Dick hang with Jane. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was uh, the, these two folks, and they were uh, a great couple, uh, and and two of the great offsprings that have come out of the St. Louis area. Unfortunately, he did not become president. She would have been a great first lady. Uh, but deepest sympathies to Dick Gephardt as he's dealing with the loss of his wife after 63 years of marriage. How about Jeez. that? I know, man. 63. She was 81. Yeah. When he passed, uh, when she passed, he is, he's 82 right now. Yeah. Uh, d- do you speak to him much now? Occasionally, like yeah. once or twice a year, he and I will visit with each other. I mainly will try to have him on. He was, uh, Recently came on with me uh, in opposition to this whole no labels group out there that was doing the third party campaign that Joe Manchin and others had been behind. He still uh, has the Gephardt Institute here at Washington University, and that's where they're asking people to make contributions instead of flowers or mass cards if you wanted to do that. Um, And uh, I think he serves on a board, a couple of boards here in town. So he's back here regularly, and I get a chance to visit with him. Nice. Uh, text message says John Hancock is smarter than both of you put together. Let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah. Republican. Uh, it has to be. Right? Let me guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's KMOX. Well, hey, come on, man. This is a, we have a we have people of all kinds here on this station. Yes, we do. And listen. But to the us. two best thinking political people right now are you and I. Doctor David Kimball <laughs> will join us and talk about the Iowa caucuses next on KMOX. 
I've got Michael Kelly filling in for Amy Mark's course today, Chris Ranji. Uh, we've got John Hancock tomorrow, as I mentioned. And the Iowa caucuses happened yesterday. Next step is New Hampshire. Um, but to discuss with us what happened yesterday, what it all means, and what happens moving forward, we visit with political science professor at UMSL here in St. Louis, Dr. David Kimball is with us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. Good afternoon, Dr. Kimball. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. So what is your takeaway from what happened yesterday? Well, obviously it was a good night uh, for Donald Trump. He won the Iowa caucuses pretty uh, handily um, and solidified his his, his uh standing uh, as the front runner to win the Republican nomination for president. So really no surprise there. I think we all kind of knew that was going to happen, but the manner yeah. in which he won, the 51% versus what everybody else got, does that mean anything moving forward? Well, I mean, I guess you can sort of look at it from two points of view. You know, he won with a big share of the vote, a wide margin, um, bigger margin than we typically see in the Iowa caucuses. Um, however, he's a, a former president, and so you know, sort of seen as the de facto uh, nominee, I think, by a lot of Republican voters, and the fact that almost half of the voters chose somebody else, um, you know, maybe isn't the greatest uh, look for him either. So, um, but I think overall, it was a, it was a good night for, for Trump. Uh, you know, he, he won big. As we move out of Iowa and now we head into the more traditional uh, voting process in New Hampshire, do you anticipate that uh, Donald Trump will do a little bit better? He didn't spend, seem to invest much time, energy, or resources in building a ground structure in Iowa, which uh, I know you know, Doctor, is something that uh, most of these candidates spent a couple of years doing. Yeah, I think... Um you know, I think the results last night in Iowa were more disappointing for Ron DeSantis because he really spent a lot of time and money uh, in Iowa, visited every county, uh, super PAC, spent millions of dollars knocking on doors, and, and um, you know, he came in a pretty distant second place. Um, so that's, I think, disappointing for him. I, you know, New Hampshire, the, the next, you know, next one on the on the docket here in a week, um, it is a regular primary election where people vote instead of doing the caucus thing. Um, but New Hampshire is also a more um, politically and culturally moderate state. So I think Haley will do better in New Hampshire than, than she did in Iowa last night. I guess the question is whether she can, she can actually beat Trump. Is, is Haley making a mistake um, in any fashion? Does it matter that she has decided... She will only debate Donald Trump or Joe Biden, not Ron DeSantis, even though it is a tradition to do so. Um, does that matter? I think at this point it probably doesn't matter that much. Uh, you know, they've had a number of debates already um, without Trump, and um, I'm not sure, you know, even though DeSantis came in second, uh, last night in Iowa, uh, I, I just don't see a, a strong path for him. Um, uh, and 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 uh, President Trump has, has skipped all the debates so far, and it hasn't hurt him either. So, 
I don't, I don't know that it <laughs> makes much difference for her to her to say that. Uh, Dr. David Kimball with UMSL, political science professor, joining us on KMOX. And it was pointed out, um, I saw it this morning, if you just go back and go through the polling averages for all of the candidates, going back to a, a year ago, back to January, things were pretty steady for the first few months of the year with uh, Donald Trump leading in polling. He was close to 50 percent, fluctuating a little bit. And Ron DeSantis was right there at about 40 percent or 35, 40 percent. And that was pretty steady until the Mm -hmm. first Trump indictment happened. And then the numbers changed dramatically where the support for former President Trump shot up closer to 60 and it continues to rise. Why are all of these indictments giving him so much energy? Well, I don't think it's just the indictments. I think Donald Trump has a unique ability to garner media attention and to suck up all the uh, news attention away from the other candidates. Um, and I think Governor DeSantis, you know, hasn't maybe hasn't run the best campaign. Isn't I think uh, personally, face to face, maybe isn't the most. Um, uh, appealing candidate or as appealing as some of the other um, candidates um, you know i th- I, I think um, and 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 I think the polls have showed that Republican voters are divided on whether um, they want to stick with Trump, whether we'd be okay if trump is is you know convicted on any of these charges um, but Donald Trump has certainly used the media attention to frame all of his legal troubles as uh um, uh, as some kind of attack on, on Republican voters. So here we are now. The process has started. We'll go to New Hampshire, then South Carolina, and it will roll from there. Nikki Haley is posting, positioning herself as the alternative to not only Donald Trump, but Joe Biden. And when you see the polling that you do, doctor, right now that shows the significant unpopularity of both the current president and the former president, this may be a real smart strategy to be running against both of them, correct? Right, and and she's significantly younger um, than them, although she doesn't have to come out and say it. I think you know, it's pretty obvious. Anybody watching a TV screen? Um, yeah, you know, I think in normal, <laughs> I guess in, in more normal circumstances, I think... Um, uh, discerning voters might, uh, I think, would would see uh, Governor Haley's appeal um, more significantly. Um, um, but I, I do think um, that this is Trump's nomination to lose, and and, and the, the results in Iowa last night put him on a <clears throat> on a very strong track to win the nomination pretty pretty quickly here. Dr. David Kimball, political science professor at UMSL, appreciate your time today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. All right. That's uh, Dr. David Kimball. We have, what, New Hampshire is, uh, you know, in a week. Yeah. That's going to happen. Like he said, completely different process. People vote. And doing so in a primary, which, Michael, I think we can all agree because we talk about it a lot. But I I don't think you can understate it. I don't think you could. I don't think you could say it enough that um, 
people need to participate in primaries. And the complaint that you're going to hear from the general public for the next several months is, why is it these two guys? Yeah. Why, are, why is this our only choice? Yeah. Well, if you want different choices, you have to participate in primaries. Yeah. And people just don't. So you allow a certain small section of people who are politically aligned with you, at least in terms of party, get to decide who your nominee is, and your voice isn't heard because you're not voting. That's why. Yeah, and it's not it's not great. I mean, I don't like the process we have right now where almost 90% of the elections, uh, the candidate who will win is being decided in the primary. There's not much of a general contest with our presidential campaign. That surely seems to be the way that it's lining up. But uh, from a local perspective, if you're frustrated with the extreme nature of your own state senator or uh, your own congressperson, it's because most likely people aren't participating in those primaries. And as a result of those primaries, uh, you're getting these extremist candidates. Now, the one thing about this presidential election that will be interesting to watch is we have New Hampshire, and you heard Dr. Kimball say it's a little more moderate of a place. Then we go to South Carolina, where Donald Trump's leading in the polls, but guess who was the governor of South Dakota, uh, South Carolina? That was Nikki Haley. Uh, and I think she has got to really do well in her own state. I mean, how embarrassing would it be to be the governor of the state and you lose to Donald Trump right now? Polling shows that would be the case. If she's going to have any chance to try to unsettle uh, this uh, death grip that Donald Trump has on the nomination right now, it's going to require an incredible performance in uh, New Hampshire. And I think she's got to win her home state. Yeah, I don't see yeah. how you how oh. you can win a presidency even if you can't well, win I mean, your you own can't state win, you can't win a, a primary against uh, anybody if you can't win your own state yeah i i mean i don't see it happening but exactly um, well i, I don't think the, the rubber will hit the road then when uh, when we start to see that because i don't know how you make the case as to being the alternative to donald trump when you can't win the state that you are the governor of couple of text messages to 314-436-7900. This one says DeSantis is just trying to get his name out there for 2028. Whatever. I don't know about it. I think he's ruined himself. I I think he's damaged goods now. You think he can't come back from this? No, I think he could run for governor of Florida. I mean, but uh, in terms of his national spotlight, I think his best chance is to wind up in the cabinet or uh, to be chosen that way. Uh, When you go and spend as much money and have as much scrutiny and energy as you had as Ron DeSantis and to do as poorly as you have, I don't think you get a second chance in the barrel. But one thing I will say, last night, the first first about, you know, five to ten minutes of Trump's speech after, you know, declaring the win, um, he was, I I mean, I I don't want to. Presidential, I guess, in a way, normal. where he was. A, yes, <laughs> he he was like a normal person. He was, I guess, graceful is a way to to put it. Where he was talking about his opponents in a kind way, where he, you know, basically saying that they work hard and fight hard and whatever, and we should all work together and we need to come together as a country, liberals and conservatives. And I thought, okay, you know, if you if you talked like that all the time. You might be more appealing to more people. And then, of course, it went off the rails a little bit. Yeah. But but at least that's how he started. And it sounded to me, Michael, like election night in 2016 from him. Right. 
And everybody expected the giant pivot, right? That like, oh my gosh, he's no longer going to be this with this bigoted language and this uh, crassness and you're hoping, well, hope in one hand and do something in the other and let me know what you have because he's shown us time and time and time again he can't control himself. He'll go back to the regular old Donald Trump. But again, if he were like that first five minutes all the time, he would be much easier for a lot of people. Right. And and I I know a lot of people still like him a lot. But he clearly doesn't have popular support because he's never won a popular election. So, uh, or popular vote, he hasn't won. No. So, well, I, I would like to see him behave more like that, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, also, a text message says Trump is doing well because of the two tier justice system. People are fed up. All right. There's not a two tier justice system. I know people believe it, <laughs> and they believe it because he and people on his side keep pounding that message. It's two-tier justice, two-tier justice. They're only going after him. No, they're not. Right. They're going after Hunter Biden. And there, there's an attempt to go after Joe Biden, too. It's probably going to fail because there doesn't appear to be evidence there. But I'm going to tell you this. If there is evidence Joe Biden has done something illegal, I want him, him in jail. punished for it. Exactly. And yes. that's the difference between what's going on in the Democratic Party and the Republican. I am no fan of Hunter Biden. I'm not going to sit here and defend his nonsense. I don't care if he's in yeah, jail. Put him in jail. I'm fine for it. I don't it. care. But I to see care. people blindly go out and protect Jared and Ivanka and, and Junior and, and the president, the former president, when when you know things are wrong, it just doesn't make any sense. It's so inconsistent with where you ought to be. I, I don't get it. Every I'll tell you this. Every single prominent voice that has pushed this two-tier justice uh, narrative, every single one of them knows they're lying. Every <laughs> single one of them knows that's BS. Well, every one of them. But they are well, they're pushing it on to you, and you're buying it. Stop buying well, it. Just it's some, nonsense. Just, by the way, get in trouble and show up in court and start saying the things about the judge and the staff the way that the former president's been doing it and see how the two-tier justice works. You're going to be held to a different standard than Donald Trump. They're letting Donald Trump off the hook for violation of the laws during the legal process. You, as a regular person, go out there and say you want to a judge, you know, as a dirtball or whatever he's been saying about yeah, him. Yeah, see how that goes You're for not you. going to be walking free and going to your country club. I can promise you that. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, Michael Kelly, Chris Ranji, you've got KMOX. Ooh. Uh, ooh. That's pretty That's good. A song, right? Yeah. Werewolves. Werewolves. Oh, werewolves of London. That's it. Who sings that? I don't even know. Dave. Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, all I know. <laughs> Just the how. <laughs> Between you and uh, your partner Hancock. Hancock. How do you guys not know songs? Well, we know a little bit. We just, you know, um, I don't know. I only know that part of that song. Oh, I'll never, I will one. never, ever get around or get over the runaround Sue thing. Run around Sue. Where he had never heard that song. Or no, it was uh, Help Me Rhonda. He had oh, never heard Help Me Rhonda. He's never heard of Help Me Rhonda? Not until I played it for him last year. Here, you want to give him some trouble? He's never seen The Godfather, the movie The Godfather. Uh, that's the weirdest doggone well, thing I've ever it, it Michael, get, what? Michael. There's another person in this room that's yeah. never seen it. You've never too. seen The Godfather? No. How can you be involved it's in not, sports and is, talk radio? Because there's the so much that comes with... from language that comes from. 
the Godfather, not tell anybody oh, outside well. the family what you're thinking. Let's go to the mattresses. You know, I mean, there's so many places that the Godfather is applicable in life. And to not know this, you should have to surrender your man card. You're going to hate this, too. I hate Caddyshack. What? I don't like Caddyshack. Really? It doesn't do it for me. Oh, oh come on, Ty. Why didn't you like it? It just it doesn't. I don't know. Some hmm. of it, like, there are bits that I, I like, but I've seen it. I think it is. You're anti-golf, I'm getting the impression. I'm not anti-golf. It's just not my favorite thing. Yeah. Are you uh, no but good? I like Billy you Madison. Have you played? Or not Billy, Billy Madison. Uh, Happy, Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. Okay. Oh, okay. That's, That's like a golf movie. The, oh, Lord. It's oh, funny. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. But uh, Caddyshack, I think it was. I think it's overrated. Yeah. I think people have been talking about it too highly for too long, and it just doesn't do it for me when I go back and watch it. Hmm. Sorry. You need to get out and play some golf. I'll, I'll make you a golfer. All right. We'll get you a life. You probably have a lot of uh, memberships. No, as I don't connected have any. As you I are. just go there and talk to people and say, hey, I know Chris Ranji. No, They're like, oh, you're next up on the tee. You're you're connected. <laughs> you're connected. Michael, it was good hanging out with you. Yeah, Again, see you on next. Friday. Yeah, Friday. I'll be here. See you on Friday. Uh, Dave Glover's show is next on KMOX. We're back at 10 tomorrow. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 